Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Josh for Unix, and today, well, ladies and gentlemen, we got a lot to talk about. On we are like in the heart of the NBA season. Because there's only three things we really care about when it comes to NBA time. The offseason's one of them. Like you can I think the draft is pretty up there. But then when you get into the season, the three things you're always going to be looking for in season is the trade line, the playing tournament, and then what leads into the postseason. Honestly, I think that's all that there is. The All-Star game isn't what it used to be. Preseason is preseason. Preseason and sport really doesn't matter, per se, with some exceptions applied, of course, but... No one's really looking at the Summer League to be like, oh, I can't wait to watch that. So you know what I mean? All I'm saying is that we're in the heart of the NBA season. I'm here. I'm ready to go. I'm pumped up. I was here all Saturday. First of all, thank you so much, guys, for everyone that tuned in for that. That was incredible. 45,000 of y'all listened to that podcast episode, which made my day so... I truly, from the bottom of my heart, appreciate y'all listening to that. So I hope y'all stick with the ride. I hope you guys come back, keep enjoying it. Subscribe. I'm on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcast, um, X. I upload all my podcasts on X, obviously. So when it comes to all that fun stuff, I am there. You guys also know where to find me on social media. I'm on Instagram, I'm on Twitter slash X, I'm on Facebook, I'm on TikTok, it's all Courtside Heat except for Instagram, for Insta it's Courtside Heat NBA, but I got, I got really passionate in some of the stuff that I was saying, and I think it's going to be the same case for this podcast episode, last episode we talked about the Suns, Cal Bridges, Tyus Jones, the Nets as a whole, the Warriors, DeJounte Murray, LeBron, Jalen Green, Miles Bridges. Like we touched on a lot. Then of course we talked about breaking news around the league. And I want to continue that same framework, that same lineup, if you will. So I want to talk about some breaking news around the league. That's due with injuries. That's gotta do with LeBron. It's gotta do with the Nuggets. And all this other stuff. Now I want to get to the latest trade rumors around the league. Because this is Monday. We have Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Four days. And if you don't count Monday, you got three days. I want to talk about Killing Hayes. I want to talk about the Levine situation. I want to talk about the Bulls as a whole. I want to talk about the Hornets. I want to talk about these different things. Because I think they're very vital. I believe they're very, very important. So... Without further ado, without uh, boring you guys anymore, as we're four minutes into the show, let's jump right into it. And as always, guys, um, subscribe, follow, whatever it is, just hit the button, put the notifications on. Remember, from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. Arizona time on Thursday, the day of the trade on, I will be doing my live stream over on YouTube. So, guys, most definitely check that out. It would mean the world to me and 
you know, we can hit, we can sit back, hit some of the rumors, reports are coming out, all the trades are coming out. I really do believe there's going to be a, a good chunk of trades. I think there's going to be some wilding trades. So I'm excited. Anyways, let's get into the breaking news around the league. And I want to start off with LeBron. Now, I know we talked about LeBron on what? Yes, um, Saturday? The beginning of the weekend, we talked about LeBron. And I don't know if I was clear enough, but I don't see LeBron James getting traded. A, that's not what I'm hearing. B, there would be no good reason why the Lakers would do that. Because remember, there was a sports anchor and reporter for KTLA, David Pingelor. Pingelor? I'm sorry, I don't know how to pronounce your last name. But David, who's from KTLA, who said LeBron was on the top of the Lakers list of trade. Top of their trade list. And that Robert I'm sorry, Rob Palenka was close to inking a trade with a suitor. I find that to be 100% false. I don't have sources on this. This is just my... This is just my thinking. This is my theory. This is just what I believe. I don't believe David here is right. I don't believe he is right. I don't believe that LeBron James is going to be leaving the Los Angeles Lakers this season. He's going to stay faithful to them. Because there's never been a time in LeBron James' career where he's left a team midway through his season. He didn't do it with a really bad Cavaliers team. He obviously didn't do it with the Heat. He didn't do it when he returned to the Cavs. And he's not going to do it now. Why would he? A, there's no benefit, there's no upside to him doing it now. Because if he goes on to another team, who is to say that's going to automatically be a championship season? Unless you're on the Nuggets, or a very short list. I know Stephen A and others were talking about him going to New York, playing with the Knicks. And funny enough, what I'm about to talk about right here is LeBron fantasizing about wanting to play for the Knicks. Because he said, LeBron said, he's undecided about his player option for the next season. This is where we get into uncharted territories. We're getting into the gray areas of, okay, if he's not being traded mid-season, you're going to walk. But if the war, I'm sorry, not the Warriors, but if the Lakers believe they could turn their season around and they have won the greatest of all time, top three player of all time, then why would you want to give up? Why would you want to give that up? Because you're going to get a haul back, but if you get a haul back, it doesn't automatically make you finals bound. You have a greater chance of being finals battle LeBron on the team than LeBron not being on the team. Because LeBron is not the issue. There's clear defying issues on that team. A.K.A. players. Maybe Darvin Ham. Who knows? 
All I'm saying is that I don't believe LeBron is going to be traded. But I do believe LeBron's not going to be staying with the Lakers. He wants to go play with his boy, Bronny. He wants to go play with his son. So if the Lakers don't want him, go get his son. Let's say just say he doesn't. Then why would he stay with the Lakers? Defeats the whole purpose. And people are like, why wouldn't you just stay the season? It's gonna why wouldn't you just stay next year? You're gonna be making 51.4 mil. If I was in his shoes, I would do it. But he's gonna be 40. And he has all the money in the world. He's a billionaire. So to him, the money doesn't matter. He wants to go play with his son. He wants to have a more defining legacy. So I think for that reason, that reason alone, if the Lakers don't draft him, I think he leaves LA. And he goes to whatever team. I know on Courts of Heat, I've covered that in the past on, okay, if he leaves, will the team accept him or Bronny? A dual package. Look, LeBron's focused on this season. He's also focused on the future. But I don't see him leaving. I couldn't see him leaving mid-season. Now, I'll proudly eat my words if I'm wrong. I'll man up to it. But I don't believe there's going to be a, a situation unless something dramatically unfolds in the coming days, come Wednesday, Thursday morning, that says, look, I'm done. I'm not playing anymore. I'm done. I'm leaving. Sayonara. Whatever. But LeBron is the general manager of any team he goes to. Any team he's a part with, he's a GM. Sorry, Rob. Sorry, Genie. Does not matter. He's the one with all the power. He's the one with all the leverage. Now, I do get the counter side to it. If you have this player with immense value... I don't care if he's LeBron or anyone else that's on an expiring contract with a player option has stinking value. You may want to trade him because you have to prioritize your future over a player's feelings or their influence on the game of basketball. And I believe that is fair. Now, look, will they actually do that? Probably not. But LeBron James is very much undecided about his player option for next season. If anything, I could see him decline his player option to sign an extension with the Lakers. Or he's just going to go decline it and sign like a two to three year deal. Probably a two year deal with his team. With his next team. Whatever that may be. He may be doing a reunion with Cleveland. He may do with Miami. Now, I'm saying this is just teams he was with in the past. I'm not saying that's what's going to happen. I'm not saying anything along those lines. All I'm saying is that LeBron James is going to have a big decision. The Lakers have a big decision. I honestly don't know what the Lakers are going to do. The Lakers are trapped right now, but they're not. They're not in the worst situation like the Warriors. They're 26-25. They're over 500. I think they could be a top 5 team. 
come the end of the season. So this season is not like what it's looking for, for example, the Grizzlies, Spurs, Pistons, Wizards. No, no, their season still looking optimistically better than most of these teams. That is a proven fact, and they're six and four in their last ten games and nine f and nine and a half games out of first. So I'm gonna leave it at that because I don't want to talk about the Lakers today. I'm gonna to cover the Lakers when I talk to you guys again on Wednesday. Yes, because the podcast comes out every Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday. So that's my plan. That's my goal. If that if that makes sense. I don't so to conclude this, because I don't want to spend all this time on this subject, I don't believe the Lakers are gonna trade him, but I do believe LeBron James walks out. If Bronny does not get selected. Because he won't sign that contract unless there's something in that contract or a verbal agreement of, we're going to draft your son. I'm going to talk about that later, but not in this show. But in the next couple podcasts, I may touch on that. Maybe after the uh, maybe after the podcast. I'm sorry, after the trade line. Maybe. You never know. All I know is that we have to focus on the here and now. I don't believe LeBron's going to get traded, but his crypticness and saying, oh, I thought about playing for the Knicks back in 2010 or whatever. Okay, that's cool. Don't worry about this right now, Laker, Laker fans. Don't worry about it. Now, since we're on the Lakers and whatnot, I, I very... I very much feel compelled to say this. If you are a fan of Jared Jacoby, Vanderbilt, or not, who cares? The 24-year-old is probably done for this season. That hurts substantially. So Jared Vanderbilt could be lost for the season due to a right foot injury. What what was reported when I was doing the Saturday show was just going to be a few weeks have now turned to, oh crud, he can miss the entire season. The rest of the, 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 rest of the season. That would hurt. He's going to be seeking and talking to other specialists to get a final opinion on his foot. But it's not looking good. Now, is Jared Vanderbilt the biggest name on the Lakers? No, but he's still a piece you would like to have. Like, I don't think there would be a time where you're like, oh. Like, I I do I do think it's valuable. I think it does hurt the Lakers. And I just want to say this. I Vanderbilt has never been able to stay healthy. If you remember back in his high school days, he struggled with foot injuries. And then when you go into his college career, he had ankle and leg injuries. So, for as much as it comes as a shock that he could be done for the season, this is going back from high school to his days in Kentucky. 
which is very unfortunate. But you got to remember, he's a solid athlete. You're going to miss his athletic nature. He's, his, his ability to score on the move, to be a playmaker, to be a, a good rebounder. Sure, he can't shoot. Sure, there's inconsistencies. Sure, his offensive IQ is not the greatest. But he's but he could be he could still be a two way player. And that's why the Lakers still have him. So for him to all of a sudden just be out for the season, that's a killer. I don't care how you guys feel about him. That's a killer. And he's a guy that can play the four and a five. So I'm sorry. That that's a killer on some end. And you gotta remember, they extended the man four years, forty-eight million. That that was signed on September fifteenth, twenty twenty-four. Free. So he's locked in for the long run. So you're taking you're taking a gamble there. You're taking a huge risk. But I guess injuries have just been plaguing plaguing everyone. Like injuries have been plaguing Joel Embiid. Injuries have been plaguing the league for so long. That's crazy. But I do feel bad for Joel Embiid. Because you want to talk about a guy that actually had... What was it? Wasn't his foot where he had to miss his entire quote-unquote first season rookie year when he got drafted? Wasn't it him that he couldn't play in his first season because of a foot injury? Wasn't that Joel Embiid? Rookie, I'm trying. I'm trying to fact check that, but yeah, due to a broken bone in his foot. Yeah, so he had to set the first two years of his NBA career. Not just one, but two. So I was correct. So he was having injury plague seasons from 2014 to 16, and then we were having like the Ben Simmons era, like the Embiid Simmons era. Which was funny. But Simmons did hold a lot of promise. Especially as a top pick. Anyways. So, Drum B's been plagued. Now he's being plagued again. And I know people are talking about a 65 game policy. Get over it. Players should be able, due to the money that they have, the resources they have, and what and, and all the equipment, resources, etc. And what the team provides and what they can go out with their name and get. I don't want to hear like, oh, it's not fair. A guy should be able to play 40 games and win MVP. Shut up. Just shut up. Y'all are a bunch of morons. Because if a guy plays 40 games and wins MVP somehow, like we've lost the whole definition of what MVP really means. What it signifies. I'm not going to get into all that today, but... I love the 65-game policy because you should be able to train your body for 82 games or at least 65 games. You're It's okay to miss games. Like, you're able to miss, what, 17 games? That's fine. Train your body. Train your body like the Iron Man, Mikael Bridges. Right? So I'm just saying, you can play 82 games. It's not that hard. Especially when you got all the resources. Especially when you got all the options to you to get better. 
You could get world-class treatment, advice, whatever. It's not that hard. Anyways, for for Dwell Embiid, well, according to Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN, he is set to undergo a procedure to repair his torn meniscus. We won't know when he's set to return or whatever the timeline may be until he has a surgery sometime this week. Good news for y'all is this. The door is not closed on returning this season. That is that is very good. Now, if he can't play and he's like out 30 games, can this team win? Probably. They got Tyrus Maxey. They got a good team. They're 30 and 18 right now. They played 48 games. Let me do some quick math. You got... How many did I say? 48? Yeah, they played 48. You got 34 games left. I would just focus on them getting healthy for the postseason. Fully healthy. including Especially Joel Embiid. And this was not even to his existing knee injury. This was a different, a completely separate injury. Now, what are the odds of that? Like, isn't that a little funny? Like, it's heartbreaking. I feel bad for him. Has he ever played a... I don't think Joel Embiid has even come close to playing 70 games. No, it's like... Maybe I'm wrong. But I don't think he's ever played 70 games. No. The highest was 68. It's whatever, I guess. But... He's just not known as a healthy player. You're lucky to get 50 games out of him sometimes. He's been doing better since 2020, but still, this you run the risk. And it's really unfortunate when your guy has a lot of knee issues and feet issues, and it's like, okay, where do we go from here? It's not always the easiest. And I'm not bashing these guys getting injured. You can't help injuries. I'm just saying the Clippers have to look at this at a different perspective. So does the entire league. So does the entire fan base. And others are just individual fans of yours truly, Joel Embiid. It will be very interesting to see what happens. I would just shut him down for the season and hope to come back for the postseason. Wouldn't it be more fruitful, more beneficial if he was there for the first round of the postseason, you're ready to go, you're taking names, you're kicking butt, than just playing like the final five games of the regular season? Now, playing like, but I would only do the final five or the final two just to get him like in the rhythm. If it means getting into a rhythm and just getting back in the flow of contact, of simulating 48 games. And then you're like, okay, you play the final two, the final two is playing 96 minutes. Now, I know he's not going to play all 96 minutes, but you're going to have those minutes under your belt if the team so decides and you so decide. Right, does that make sense? I don't know if that helped or hurt. Honestly, I, I don't know. All I do know is this. Joel Embiid, he's out. He's got to repair his meniscus. I would not want to risk that. Unless he's going to play two games at the end of the season, by all means, do that. Especially trying to get into the flow of things, and you're just trying to be like, okay, we need to do this. This is smart. 
We got to get you pumped back up. We got to get you amped back up. You know what I mean? I feel as though sometimes, guys, I talk around circles, but trust me, it's the most meaningful circles y'all have ever experienced in your life. Like, I'm shooting stuff back from kindergarten with these circles. Does that really make sense? Probably not. But it made sense in my brain, which is all that matters, honestly. Anyways, I'm ready for it. You ready? I don't know what's with feet and knees, but you guys ready? You guys ready for more skull shattering? I want to cry. Well, this is towards you, Bulls fans. This is no shock, but I have to recap this. Zach Levine. Zach Levine is done for the season due to right foot surgery, which he opted into. And the reason why I made a Zach Levine just section, because I could have lumped him in with the Bulls, but I wanted to keep it separate because he had a trade ready to go. That's the funny part. He had a trade offer ready to go. He could have been out of there. Yet, um, he's, he's not. I'm going to get into that a little bit, but... Yeah, so Zach Levine's going to be out four to six months. The team announced it on social media that he was going to be out four to six months. He's done for the season, which hurts. Because now, this kills, I'm going to talk about it a little bit. I'm not going to go into great detail, but just as a backstory, you have a huge contract. You're seeing as a lot of ability as times. You're not always the healthiest. Having this type of season was not the greatest. You're only played 25 games. This was the worst season he's had since 2017-18. Says a lot. Chicago was winning without him for majority, right? There was a great there was a great deal where Kobe White was just scorching teams. They the Chicago thought that was their next savior. Honestly. Like Zach Levine. Is going down the toilet. His career is going down the toilet. I know he's only 28. I know he's in the quote unquote prime years of his life. But you're coming back from a nasty foot injury. Which limited you on playing 20 some odd games. What was it? 25? Yeah, 25. People are questioning you on your ability to stay healthy. Even though he's been healthy for the most part. So I don't know where people are getting that one from. But whatever. You're. You, you, you can't. You can't be the primary basketball player. Nobody sees you as a number one option. No one wants to pay. For a number two option. What you're at. Because contracts are so crazy. In today's NBA. Especially Jalen Brown's contract. Which is like. I think like. 420 million. Over what. Six years. Whatever. But he's got a five-year, $215 million contract. He's making 43 mil per season. That's his average salary. And for the next season, I'm sorry, for the next season, it goes up by $3 million to 43 which means now teams are going to have to pay up even more. This is a very tough situation. A very, very tough situation. Nasty situation for him. I'm going to talk about that a little bit 
when we get past some of the other stuff. But I got one more thing for breaking news around the league. Now I want to get to Killian Hayes. Then I'll jump into Zach Levine, the Bulls, then the Hornets. A much shorter list than what we started on <laughs> Saturday. But I feel as though going through teams, going through hot topics, it's important to jar back our memories of this season, of these different reports and rumors, and just try to create a big picture, if that makes sense. Makes sense in my brain. And speaking about um, interest and trades and death and all this good, fun stuff, the Denver Nuggets. We're past on negative stuff. Unless you consider Dawn Wright negative, then I'm sorry, uh, Nuggets fans. All I know is that we have the Nuggets, and they are showing interest in Dawn Wright as an addition to their backcourt. They need the death for the one and two spot. They need it for the backcourt. And Dawn Wright is a pretty, pretty nice guard. Like, gotta remember, he was a former 20th overall pick in the 2015 draft. Sure, has his career not panned out the way many were expecting it to? Sure, but still, he's still got to give you 7 free and free per game. But it goes beyond the stats sometimes. It, it does. And I think sometimes people are too caught up in the statistics instead of... Well, what he can be off the stat sheet. And he is a solid backup guard. I don't think there's anything wrong with him. He's a good backup guard. Like, he can see over defenders. He gets the rim pretty well. Like, his, I, I believe his assist to turnover ratio is pretty well. Like, I, I, like when I see him play... I'm just taking a stab at it visually. Like, he does not bite. He understands his role as a facilitator. I see him more as a traditional point guard. But, you can also try to hybrid some of it, right? But, all that aside, the Nuggets do need a backup point guard or backup shooting guard. I would consider him more of a point guard. That's just me, though. Maybe I'm reading him all wrong. I, mean, I don't know. But when you're looking at the depth chart, and you got the starting five, which is all great, you're just stretched thin. Because you go from Reggie Jackson to Christian Brown to Justin Holiday and Colin uh, Joe Spy. Joe Spy? I'm sorry, Colin. I don't know how to pronounce your name. And this is a guy averaging two points off of 48% from the field. And Justin Holiday, free uh, one of one. That's fine. On Isn't Justin Holiday related to Drew Holiday and Aaron Holiday? Yeah. Okay, I'm happy that my knowledge is still there. But anyways, like when you really get past Brown and Jackson, it's very depressing in some ways because 
you don't have that other option. And let's be honest, Brown is a wing player. So sometimes he'll be the backup small forward. So really your backup shooting guard is Justin Holiday. Reggie's a solid backup point guard. You need a backup shooting guard. Or you could try to blend it. Now, Julian Strauver, he's very good. Julian, I like him. Out of Gonzaga, I know he's only getting six one and one, but I I do like the twenty one year old. I do. He's in his rookie season. I like where we're going with this. He does good things in fourteen minutes. Yeah, fourteen minutes he's getting. Sure, can his free throw percentage be up? Sure, but he's almost averaging a half a steal as well. He's very low in the turnovers. Um, what's like he's like he's not a turnover prone guy. He doesn't foul a lot. Like it's not bad at all. Like his assist to turnover ratio is very well. I like Julian. I also like Payne Watson. But when you when you look at the front court, the front court's fine. It's the backcourt. Sure, can you? Upgrade and tweak the front court a little bit, yes. But I think right now you need some for the backcourt. Now I'm saying this like the Nuggets are struggling. The Nuggets are 35 and 16. They're doing just fine. When you got Jamal Murray and Nikhil Jokic and Aaron Gordon, Michael Porter Jr. and all these guys, you're fine. Honestly, it's fine. But I do really do believe you need the strength in the backcourt. Especially if injuries come up. Especially in the postseason. Christian Brown, he stepped up in the postseason. In the championship. He has stepped up in the championship games when it mattered. The same can't be said for the death of the backcourt. And that's when you win or lose games. Especially in the shining bright moments. The bright lights. Maybe winning our championship. I really do believe the Nuggets are about to win in our championship. I've got that gut feeling. It's coming from a Suns fan. So that kills me. But yeah, so the Nuggets are showing interest in Dawn Wright. Which I, I do believe he's going to get traded guys don't know he is a part of the Washington Wizards um fine guy shooting very inconsistently he's like shooting 38% from the field but Dawn Wright is a very cheap guard okay cheapish to your 16 mil but and you do realize he's on an expiring contract but you can always just get him back right for cheap money Especially in today's day and age of NBA contracts. Again, I say all this to say that they're probably going to land them. And the Wizards are in a selling mood. So I think guys like Tyus Jones, Don Wright, maybe even Kyle Kuzma. There's guys out there that are probably going to get traded. That's just my feeling on it. Could I be right? Could I be wrong? Sure. Am I? 
Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I've called things right many times. I've called things wrong many times. It just is what it is. But all of that aside, and moving past the Nuggets, which is a great segue. I didn't even mean to do this intentionally. I want to give for all the injuries on LeBron. But I, I ended it. I ended breaking news around the league on the Nuggets trade. Interest. Now I'm moving into the actual latest. Excuse me, that's my fault. Latest trade rumors around the league. And it was really funny. When you talk about Killing Hayes, people are not a Killing Hayes fan. The four-year guard is getting destroyed. Like, people thought he was having a breakout year last season when playing 76 games in 28 minutes, 10, free, 6. Listen, I like Killian Hayes. Is he the most consistent guy? No. But he's also not getting a lot of shot attempts. Rarely does he get more than four shot attempts. And that's in the past seven games when he played. That says a lot. That really does speak volume. That does speak volumes. So, I'm a big fan of Killian Hayes. He wants out. His camp requested a trade. They're like, we have to go seek a new. We have to go seek a new team. We have to seek a new option. Blah blah blah. Funny part is, is that the the Detroit Pistons couldn't agree anymore. And I don't know if Monty was really a fan of yours truly, Killing Hayes. I don't know. All I do know is that he wants out. He's tired of Detroit. He wants to go somewhere else so he can prove himself. He thinks it's time. And my article saying Killian Hayes wants out of Detroit, go to courtsy.com for more information like that, more articles, all that fun stuff. I said while there are no teams publicly showing interest in the guard, teams that need death at the one will be interested should be noted. They should, because I believe teams like the Suns, okay, teams like the Celtics behind Derek White, okay, teams like the Nuggets, why wouldn't you want to go out? And I don't think he's making big bucks. If anything, I think it's like 7 mil. I'm looking right now. Yeah, he's getting, it's a four-year, $24 million contract. Now, sure, he's going to be a restricted free agent after this season, but he's only making seven million this season. You can get him back, but why wouldn't you want a guy who's a traditional point guard? Yes, is he in his developmental stage? Should he really be in after four years? Maybe, maybe not. But he had a breakout season. He showed everybody what he was capable of in Detroit in 2022-23 last season. But Monty Williams took away. Minutes would decrease his role. Monty Williams is a fine head coach. He's not the best head coach. He was fine when he was with Phoenix. He's fine here. All I know is that he is pro- he is limiting and prohibiting Killing Hayes to do what he can do. He can show he's shown glimpses of his potential. 
And I believe if he gets traded, he will be able to fully show his potential because there are coaches like Mike Malone, Emi Udoka, all these different guys in the association who can help reach his potential. I think if he joins the Phoenix Suns, I think Phoenix could make a run as they could offer some assets and make it work financially. But I think Hayes could run the second unit or handle the ball alongside D-Book and Brad Beal. Honestly. But I really do believe he's going to be traded by Thursday. In fact, it's expected by multiple reports coming out that he is going to be traded by Thursday, which is the deadline. By the way, 3 p.m. Eastern is when the deadline closes. But all I'm saying, guys, is that um, Killing Hayes' time is over. I think it's been over. Detroit's bad. But for everyone saying that Killing Hayes is a bad player or mediocre, sure, when you look at that statistically. But when you look at statistics, why wouldn't you want a guy that gets you like five to six assists per game? And then maybe... If a guy can get you 8, 5, and 3 per game, why would you not want the 8 points, 5 assists, 3 rebounds per game on 41% from the field? That is not bad. That is not terrible at all. Again, guys, it goes beyond the stats. The reason why players who aren't the greatest statistically have a job it's because they do the greedy gutty stuff they do the stuff that's not counted on the sheets that is a fact because guys like Pat Bev would not be in the league if we're going off his statistics I'm just saying I'm putting that into perspective for y'all but I'm looking at his last 10 games where he's got six eight five five eight then of course he's like free but when you look at the stretch from Jan 15 to Jan 24, where he got 68558. That's good. That's real good. Like, I can't complain about that. And neither should anyone. The Money Williams was tampering with his minutes again, like like he always does. I don't even, I, I don't think Monty Williams knows what he's doing in Detroit, to be honest. I know Detroit's bad. But you don't make Monty the highest paid head coach, I believe. If he can't if he can't do anything. Hopefully it changes. Hopefully I'm proven wrong. I do like Monty, but I don't know. All I do know is that Kevin Hayes does one out of Detroit. But now for Zach Levine, shifting gears. Zach Levine's not getting out of Chicago, Illinois anytime soon. Congratulations, Zach Levine. Uh, and it's actually funny that we were just talking about the uh, Detroit Pistons because this actually involves them. Again, check it out on courtsy.com because I, I do have that article up about how the Pistons were ready to make the move. Were ready to submit the deal and everything. At least there was framework behind it, but they were they were moving, they were moving forward. And it just got obliterated. It got blown up. 
And Zach Levine, since he's out for the season, this means he won't be traded. He won't be traded. His trade value was limited, but the Pistons were interested in him. And a trade was starting to be set around him, Bogdan Bogdanovich, and Joe Harris. Tell me how that does not benefit the Pistons. That tremendously impacts the Pistons, and it helps them greatly, honestly. Having a duo of Veen and Cunningham, and then you're adding Jalen Duran on it, then you're adding other guys, that could have been something. And maybe, just maybe, they'll, they'll refresh this conversation. They'll look at it again. They'll talk to the Chicago Bulls again to see if they can try to get Levine, but I don't know what's going to happen to Levine. His career has significantly changed from two years ago to now. Two years ago, he was seen as the guy. Last year, you can make the argument that he was still seen as the guy for Chicago. This year... There's a lot of hesitancy, and there's more faith and confidence and trust in a guy like Kobe White than a guy like Zach Levine. Kobe White has just broken onto the scene. Like, this is his year, and I'm very happy for him. But, and you can always make the argument, well, why didn't Levine just sit out? If he knew he wanted to be traded, why didn't he sit out? Because he was so historically bad this season. He was so awful that he he could not afford to miss those games because nobody else would have wanted him. If he did not play those games and try to get his value up in the market, he would have never been traded. Or at least nobody would have wanted to make the effort trade for him and that was a very real 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 deal concept and that's why he did play not because he wanted to play for the Chicago Bulls anymore because he had to he had to get his value up he had to prove two teams that I am the man let me do this again he's not a number one option I don't know if he'll ever be a number one option again Teams just don't view him that way. The Lakers. I think we're have Gila over Levine. That speaks volumes. It just does. Is that a little harsh? Maybe, maybe not. It just depends on the perspective y'all have. All I'm saying is that Levine... It's going to have a hard time because are the Bulls going to get better? No. I'm going to talk about the Bulls in a second, but it doesn't help when the Bulls are like, oh, we're not going to make any major deals. Blow it up already. Quit being idiots. Just do it. But you look at this, and part of me does feel bad for Zach Levine. It's just a contract. You obviously signed a contract right then and there. And if you're Chicago, you're like, okay, we have to do this. You have to trust in the process. So when Chicago started out with getting Caruso and the Rosen 
and Keeper Levine. They have all these chips. You have Kobe White. You have Patrick Williams. Um, you have all these guys. You saw you had something. The injuries just kept plaguing him. It's like the Brooklyn Nets. Injuries just kept plaguing him. And now they've just become decimated. They have to become dismantled. There's all these different moving pieces and layers. And it's depressing after a while. Like, I would feel bad if I was a Chicago Bulls fan. The Chicago Bulls have not been relevant for a very long time. Well, they have been relevant for the right reasons. And I know they're 23 and 27. And they're in the ninth. They're in a the punt spot. But honestly, do you see them getting past the first round of the postseason? Maybe, maybe not. They have to make a trade. I'm not saying if you go into a complete rebuild, you got to keep yourself afloat. But something has to give. And right now for Zach Levine, this is such a bad time for him. But he's going to get paid his money and he's going to be on a team. So, this is not a worse come for anybody. This is not worse. At any point for him. He's still making 215 mil. He's still playing for a franchise. And that's just how it's going to be. It just hurts for him that it's going to be under these circumstances. Because he could have been a Detroit. That would have been really, really, but what would have been really funny is if he's like... You know, I don't want to play for Detroit. Instead, I'm just going to report myself injured and be done for the season. He was really hoping for the Lakers. He's like, come on, Los Angeles. I want to go there. Who wants to go to Michigan? Honestly. No disrespect to all my Michiganians. Michi fans? Michiganians? I don't know what y'all names are. We got like the Arizonians. Yeah, I don't know. Sorry, Michigan people. But y'all know where I'm coming from. Honestly, guys, this is just Zach Levine now. As much as I hate to say, I am right. Whether we want to admit it or not, I am right. I kind of want to segue into the Chicago Bulls now because I do believe the Bulls need to blow up their roster. And it, ha- and it has to happen now. Like, honestly, now is the time. And I'm not just saying to say, but I'm going to run through everything. Because I got bullet points here. I'm going to run through it. Then I'm going to talk about the 76ers are willing to give up a first rounder if it means securing DeMar DeRozan. Philly's ready to do that. Multiple teams, like the Golden State Warriors, are interested in Alex Crusoe. However, Chicago turned them all away. Andre Drummond is drawing attention from teams. He is heading into unrestricted free agency next offseason. And lastly, reports have been saying the team won't be making any serious moves at the deadline. Now this was pre-Zach Levine's going to be out for the season news. But honestly, the Bulls need to blow it up. The Bulls need to have their priorities straight. The Bulls need to understand, okay, what's going to take us to this next level? How can we get out of this slump? If it's by trading certain pieces, then it's by trading certain pieces. If it's by keeping certain pieces, then it's keeping certain pieces. But 
DeMar DeRozan is a tricky one. Because DeMar DeRozan is such a valuable player. But. But. He's an unrestricted free agent. Come 2024. Next offseason. He's gone. Wouldn't you want to trade him? Unless you let the deadline go past and you try to extend him. I'm just saying. The whole reason why DeMar DeRozan has been in these conversations is because of his contract situation. It's one of the main reasons. And DeMar DeRozan has been playing very good basketball. People didn't know if it was going to be the same after leaving San Antonio and Greg Popovich. Nobody knew if he was going to be the same after leaving Toronto. But it was mainly after those San Antonio years, right? People doubted that. Because he was starting to go down productivity from his years with Toronto. All I know is, is that he's revived his career. He's a very, very solid player. Do the Bulls honestly think that he's going to have loyalty to his team? He had loyalty to Toronto. Until it was time to go to... Was he traded? Hold on. Trade. Was he traded to Spurs? Yeah. It was in a... No. Hold on. Now this is going to... Wasn't he traded? Yeah, it was the Kawhi Leonard trade. That's the funniest thing ever. The Spurs traded Kawhi Leonard and Danny Green to the Raptors for DeMar DeRozan, Jakob Pertl, and a protected 2019 first rounder. The Spurs gifted them a championship. Yeah, that's the whole thing. I just had to refresh re a jog by my memory, right? I find that very fascinating. I should do an article on that. But anyways. The Bulls need to blow this up. And if you're afraid of unloading the farm. Going back not to square one. But like to step two or step three. In a rebuild process. Don't be. The Nets imploded from the inside out. Guess what? They're back and rocking. Sure. They're trying to get back up there. But they got guys like McHale. They got good players. Another example. Nah, Toronto Raptors are too recent. But the Raptors did it. They got good pieces back. And they're not dead. They're still fighting over there. Take that as you will. The Bulls can't be scared. They have to pull the trigger. The Cavaliers turned around their 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 entire franchise after exploding and imploding and doing all that stuff. The Pelicans can also be thrown out of conversation. If I were the Bulls, I would go out and say, okay, you know what? I want that first rounder. I want draft capital. 
I want assets that's going to be for the draft where I can say, look, scouting department, you scouts, do your job. I want first-rounders. We'll get guys that are rated and underrated, maybe overrated. We'll check all that out. But then you're like, okay, what can we get? Okay, what can what are our needs? What can we trade for? What can we do better? Not only this season, but for the next season. We have to think about this. That's that's mine. That that's that's kind of my mindset. But they have they can't be afraid. They have to bite the bullet and just say, okay, we have to do it. We have to do it. Because right now, this is not sustaining. They are legit repeating the very definition of insanity. You guys are lacking in all five positions. You're severe in center. You're, you're depleting yourself from the backcourt, the frontcourt, everywhere. It's sickening. And it needs to change. Change is good. I don't know why the Bulls are struggling. I don't know why Mark Eversley is struggling. I'm just saying. Some things need to change. I don't believe Billy Donovan's the issue. This has been a really poor situation. For Alonzo Ball, Zach Levine, the injury has not been good. But I would say the teams, okay, you want Alex Crusoe? Like, why are you turning him away? You're not going for a championship. You're not making some deep puff push. Yes, Crusoe is a very nice defensive player. Like, he's a player that I would want as a Phoenix Suns fan. But you have to start looking at your options. You can't trade Levine, so maybe you get someone else. And DeMar DeRozan has value. Unlike Levine, you don't have to throw in an asset to get rid of DeMar DeRozan. But he's on an expiring contract, and there is no guarantee in the free world he will come back. Extend himself to be a part of this disaster of an organization. You also have to look at Andre Drummond. He's had an unrestricted free agency, and he's not getting any younger. And he's having a heck of a season, but maybe he wants to play for someone else. He's 30 years old. He's revived his career. Just do it. Chicago has not been the best for him. Chicago hasn't. But maybe it's time. You have to get returns on these players that are probably going to walk in for agency. Simple as that. And if I have to dedicate a whole podcast episode on how to rebuild the Bulls and go through guys like Ayo, like Patrick, like Kobe, like all of these guys, I will. I'll go into their entire roster. All I'm saying is that the Bulls need to blow up the roster, put on their big boy pants, and they need to get un- they need to get- they need to start being comfortable with being uncomfortable. If that makes sense, if that makes sense. So all I'm saying.
The Bulls are a mess. They have been plagued by multiple factors. But it could all end if they just get a little gutsy. That is the hard, cold truth. It just is. I know it's a very scary thing. I know it is very scary. But you have to do it. The Bulls have to do it. They're struggling to survive. And something has to go. I believe they need to talk to the 76ers. I believe they need to talk to other teams that are interested in Andre Drummond and Alex Caruso. They need to do this. It is the only way they can build and grow. You guys, sometimes you got to tear stuff down to build it right back up. Differently. It has to be better. It really has to be. It may shock you guys, but for the final topic of the day, for the final latest trade rumors and reports around the league and this association, I'm going to talk about the Hornets. And the Hornets are dysfunctional. The Hornets are a mess. And doesn't need to be blown up. I'm pretty sure it does need to be blown up. But it's not as bad as the Chicago Bulls. The Shaw Hornets are actually better off than the Chicago Bulls. So I'm going to run through all my bulletin points real quick. And I'm going to talk about them all. The Clippers are interested in P.J. Washington. Multiple teams like the Suns and Mavericks are interested in Miles Bridges and Nick Richards. The Hornets are ready to trade Kyle Lowry and Gordon Hayward. Lastly, it's time they build around LaMelo Ball, Brandon Miller, and Mark Williams. It's time. I think it's time to move on from P.J. Washington. P.J. Washington, it, it just it does not work. He, he does not work. And I know you just signed to a very shiny three-year, $46.5 million contract. And he's in year one. I think it is time to trade him. I don't think this is working out anymore. And maybe you could try to get some assets from the Clippers. If Let's just use the Clippers since they were reported to have interest. I just don't see P.J. Washington turning out for him anymore. I think you need to get rid of guys like P.J. And Bridges. And Richards. I think you need to turn around this culture. This culture is fundamentally corrupted. It is disgusting to look at this culture. Because the culture is. We're fine with losing. We're fine with having questionable characters on our team. Because... I wish people, more people would adopt would adopt the Kobe Bryant, the mama mentality. Because no way should a team be this comfortable, this happy when they're losing, when they're getting crushed to death. That needs to change. I think coaching needs to change. That's just me, though. I know I'm a different cat. But, 
I think some things need to change. And change is fine. Change is healthy. Just like the Chicago Bulls. But PJ needs to go. I think PJ has overstayed his welcome. And I know you resigned him for the purpose of hoping he grows and maybe there's some trade value. And I know he just popped off against Utah. 17 of 22 from the field for 43 points. I know he's getting 20 point bangers. But a guy who's consistently known as a 13-5-2 guy, just looking at statistics in 30 minutes, that's not good. It's not sustaining. It's not everlasting. It's just, it's, it's not good. He needs to go. Nick Richards, fine backup. He's a fine, fine backup center who has 9.77 rebounds. That's cool. He's in his fourth year. I just don't think it works anymore. And I know he put up 26 and 13 against Utah. I like Nick Richards. I have nothing against Nick Richards. I don't have any issues with these guys statistically. All I'm saying, they need to blow it up because... It's time to build around guys like Lamelo Ball, Brandon Ingram. I'm sorry, not Brandon Ingram. Brandon Miller, Mark Williams. Mark Williams, don't get it twisted. He's good when he plays. Second year in the league. 12 and almost 10. Why would you not want that? I know injuries have been pretty bad. I know he's injured. But why not build around him? Brandon, Brandon Miller is starting to figure it out. He just had a career high of 35 points. 10 of 25, 35 points, 6 rebounds, 1 assist. He's showing you what he can do. Lamelo Ball, give the man some help and the boy will shine. If you like Lamelo France Ball, do it. He's good. He's your cornerstone piece. And it needs to be embraced. The worst contract that Michael Jordan ever did was Gordon Hayward. Well, former owner, Michael Jordan. Four years, 120 mil. I will never forget that. I could not believe he was making 30 mil a year. I really I really want someone to pinch me. And they're trying to retrade Kyle Lowry. Because I don't want to have to settle for a buyout. I want to get rid of him. Kyle Lowry is not... Toronto Lowry. Kyle Lowry is like some fat dude on the couch. He's not like how he was with Toronto or with Houston. Just wasn't. I don't know if many people remember him playing with Memphis at the start of his career. People just remember him with Houston, Toronto. Which is funny. And for Kyle Lowry, it's not his fault. He's 37. What do you want the dude to be? He's 37. So try to get some picks. Get some bench players for all I care. But it's time to get rid of the bad influences. To get rid of the non-productive players. Get some quality players. Get some draft picks. So you're able to go into the 2024, 2025 drafts all nice and comfy. You know what I mean? 
Get uncomfortable. Just do it. Trust me. It will make your lives much easier. And these are just preliminary ideas and thoughts bubbling and going through my head. Trust me. When we talk on Thursday. When we do the podcast for Wednesday. I'm going to talk about the Hornets and Bulls in the great detail. Because I know as great as I'm saying. Officer, they need to do this they need to do that. I'm going to bring feasible. Reasonable. Incredible. That's going to help the Hornets. Mock trades. But you need to weed out the bad to get the good. You need to have your priority start on building around Lamelo Ball, Brennan Miller, and Mark Williams. There's going to be times where it's going to struggle. That's fine. But you got to build around them. You got a solid guard. Build around your franchise piece. You got another solid player, Brennan Miller. You're hitting on these players. You hit on Mark Williams. You hit on Mel. You hit on Miller. Just do it again. You're not going to be making the postseason. That should not be your goal. Your goal is to get a very good draft pick so you're able to select good again. You have a good scouting department. Do it again. Just do it and do it and do it. I feel like a motivational speaker right now. I honestly do feel like a motivational speaker. and I have no idea why. Anyway, guys. This is all I got for today's podcast episode. This was this wasn't a lot to talk about. I know last podcast episode maybe it was a little more intriguing. Hour and thirty, what twenty minutes less? It's whatever. But we covered a lot. We covered a lot of injuries. We covered Haynes. We covered Levine, the Bulls, the Hornets. It's just it's time. The Bulls are a complete dysfunctional mess. The Hornets, they're salvageable. They're not, they're dysfunctional, yes, but they're not a train wreck like the disgusting Chicago Bulls. There's some parties you have to do. You're not going to get a lot of return for. But guys like P.J. Washington, you you could get some return for that. That's how I'm looking at it. But I can see the Hornets being a puff team in two years tops. Honestly. But guys, you know where I'm at. Remember Thursday, 9 a.m. to 1 p. AZ time. Going to be doing that live stream. Very, very excited. Hope everyone tuned in. Would love it. I'm going to be signing off now. You know where to find me on social media. And yeah, I'm going to be bringing out more. I'm going to have more um, mock trades on the X. On that social media platform, I love X. That's where I'm mostly posting at. It's a lot easier. So join the conversation. Join the fun there. And yeah, boys and ladies, if any ladies are listening to this. But boys, I am heading out. I will see y'all Wednesday. I'm already brain dead for the day. Peace out.